Hello. 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 Ken, is that you? This is Mark. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, half yearly podcast, <laughs> which is counter to the internet, where only the current moment matters. We age like fine wine. It'll be twice as good every time. This is a story Cut by Boston College. I don't believe it. Of power. Would you believe it? Politics. Personal foul. Targeting. And the fight for survival. Oh my goodness, they want to check for the state. Behold. Football. I've been cramming uh, in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, I know that Chelsea's next opponent is Leicester. Surprisingly, yes. third place in the table. And then I'm deep diving into Lester and their stats under right. payments. Uh, ah, yeah. yeah. Dave. Oh, Dave's here. I uh, forgot that I actually had to open Skype. It's not like Facebook. I mean, I started the call, so you got some sort of notification, right? No, no, but it was your text. Oh. <laughs> I haven't used Skype in months. Yeah. So I, use, I use Zoom. I do online English lessons. Oh. People listen to this podcast and get schooled in high-end English, <laughs> right? Right? Yes. That's what we're doing. Right, right, right. That's our goal. Pedantic. Don't be thing. pedantic, Mark. Yeah. Don't just try not to be too pedantic or, in this podcast. Ken, Ken's not always on Facebook, so yeah. he doesn't know what we're talking about. I think I think Dave said um, metatarsal or something like that. No, like mendacious. <laughs> mendacious. I I, nice yeah. try. Metatarsal. It's like a bone in my foot <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, try to connect it to soccer somehow. All right, right we what? shouldn't banter too long. We should probably try to get to <laughs> Dave's here. Right? It's business time. It's business <laughs> We didn't have time to put together a topic list, but I think um, there's a lot to cover over the last six months, seven months. I'm in the middle of editing episode three. Yeah, in the middle of, like, last time you touched it was when? July 30th is the last date modified. July 30th for a June 4th recording. I don't know what happened to you, Mark. I just don't know. I don't know either. It's a blur. It's a blur. Life is a blur for you. Yes. And and gosh, the Sounders were still at that point months away. We had no idea that they were going to go on this incredible run. We want to talk Sounders first or we want to talk Chelsea first. You even mentioned the Women's World Cup, which oh I feel like by now feels like it happened, you know, three years ago. Who yeah. won? I can't remember who won. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, now we're now we're just getting silly. I think it's a little late for for that. Too late, late in the day, this. early in the yeah. podcast. No, seriously, guys, I want to do Women's World Cup for a few minutes. Okay, and Dave. And then Dave has been cultivating, growing. It's been fermenting in Dave's mind yes. a long time. And I, I'll make it. I'll make it interesting because I'll 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 give my. My sort of personal story. How's that? Sure. So, it was it was a really magical for the the U.S. women, and I've been a fan of Megan Rapino for a long, long time. I mean, she had this incredible goal in the World Cup, like two World Cups ago, I think it was uh, against Brazil. And so, you know, I was aware of her, and then I 
I'd kick myself because she plays pro soccer in Seattle, and I would tell myself, I'm going to go see the Seattle Rain. I'm sure I might have even talked about it. I've talked about it with other people. I said, hey, we, we need to go see the Seattle Rain play. And I, I always would go like, well, it's not worth $20, you know? And they played at this kind of broken down stadium uh, in Seattle where, like, my high school team played. And it's, it, was, it was where the Sounders played when they were, like, minor leagues. Not what worth is $20. Movies no, cost like $12 now. Going to a movie theater. No, you're right. You're right. It was, it, but the other thing was, you know what? It's the, the, the network effect of like, well, the Sounders, like, you know, like, I know like I get Ken to go or there are people going or I know people with tickets. Nobody I knew was ever saying, hey, let's go watch the Seattle Rain. It was like I needed to just go by myself. <laughs> and when that happens, sometimes I talk myself out of it. The point being that, you know, Megan Rapino was already kind of one of my favorite players. However, no one kind of anticipated that she would become the star of the World Cup. Not, and it wasn't just because of her play. She ended up being, you know, the the, the player who took the, a lot of the penalty kicks. So that's why she ended up scoring the most goals or tying for the most goals, winning the, the golden ball or whatever that was. She got all, you know, she got all this publicity. She also got really famous. And this was like a side story, like in the middle of the women's world cup, when the U S was winning and everyone was all into it, this, some soccer website or magazine released an interview that they had done with Megan like months before, like it, it had definitely been done before and they held it and then they released it during the Women's World Cup and it's the one where she, she it, it came out and hit the media because she goes, I am not, and I, I hope I can swear on this podcast, Mark, because I'm just going to say it. <laughs> you can't, my kids quote, don't listen to this. You're, you're good. Kids, yeah, there are no kids in the background. No, because they're asleep. Megan Rapino just straight up says, they go, so if you win the World Cup, are you going to go to the White House? She goes, I'm not going to the fucking White House. And they, you know, print it. I mean, they released that interview, the audio, I believe, in the middle of the Women's World Cup. And, got, and then that got Trump to respond by name to call out Megan Rapino and tell her she needs to shut up. Because she needs to win first before she talks, right? It takes and, a lot to get Trump to respond. He's very selective. Uh, very selective. No, this is a good point. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, drawing drawing even more attention to Megan and the Women's World Cup at the time when, you know, it was it was on. They were they were winning, they were on a roll. Um, and then, you know, she she they there was this big story, and I'm following this whole thing where they're like Oh my God, it's going to be a distraction now. Oh no, this is not what the USA team needs. And they go to Megan and interview her and she's just like, no, I, I stand by my comments. You know, I'm not going to like get into it, but yeah, that's what I said. That's what I believe. And pretty much the rest of the team was kind of like, yeah, we pretty much agree with her. You know, we're, we're not, mo the team basically said, no, we're really not interested in the, in the white house. They all kind of, you know, they didn't want to like, it wasn't a big deal. They just all kind of went, you know what? Yeah, Megan can say whatever she wants, and we, we we support her as a team, and we're a team on this. And then they just went back to playing, and they continued to win. They won every single game. They beat France in France, which, you know, if you follow the Women's World Cup, the U.S. had to beat France in the quarterfinals. 
and the tournament was played in France, and France has gotten really good. So that was a tense match. And then they played England in the semifinals, and England has also gotten really good. And, you know, so it was like there was all this pressure on them, and and they just performed. And then they, they go into the final, and uh, I'll finish. So I had... Uh, I, I needed to renew my visa here in Costa Rica. Every three months, I need to leave the country, right? And I had cut it close, and I, I, I looked at it, and I said, you know, a month before, um, I said, okay, I'm just going to go on this weekend, and we're going to, and I'm going to make a trip to Nicaragua. It'll be the first visa run that I've done that was by land. Every other time, I had flown to the United States. And this time, I said, no, I'm not going to go. I'll just, and then I had a friend and, and I talked to her and she wanted to go. She's here in Costa Rica or was, she needed to renew her visa. So I said, let's go to Nicaragua. And she's like, great. And we, I said, what's a good weekend? And I picked the weekend of the women's world cup final, which if you recall was also the same weekend as the men's gold cup final, which hmm. turned out to be USA versus Mexico. Both games happened on the same day at different times. And after I planned this trip and it was kind of too late to back out, I went, what the was I thinking? Because, you know, the, the tournament finals, both games were on Sunday and I would need to be traveling to get back for work on Monday. And so I was really kind of pissed at myself. And I was like, but look, the good thing is the women's game is in the morning, right? It was because of the France time difference. I think the game started at like 10 a.m. Sure. I know Mark watched it. I yeah. think, I think Ken, did you watch the final? I did. Okay, so we're all watching. So, and I'm like telling my friend, who doesn't give a shit, she's from South Africa and she's not a soccer fan. And I say, look, we've got to watch this game. We need to find a bar that's showing it in this tiny beach town in Nicaragua, I said, look, there, you know, there's a lot of bars because it's a tourist town and they've got satellites or whatever. I said, it's got to be on and we could watch it and then we'll get on the bus. And she's like, OK, so the timing was good. Then I'm walking with her and we go to the bar where I think I'm going to be able to watch it. And they like, I don't know, they weren't open. I'm trying to remember, but. It seemed like everywhere I would go, it either wasn't open or, you know, they wouldn't, they didn't have the right channel or something. I was getting really stressed out because I'm like, I'm going to miss this game and it's the final and I've watched. I mean, I've taken time off work when the women were playing. At one point I got scheduled for a class, which I thought I had told them, look, I don't want to work that day, but they, my, my work sometimes screws up. So I had to like get a, another teacher to fill in for me because I wasn't going to miss USA France. I had to work. That was messed up. I had to switch that. But I, my point was I was not going to miss this game. It was the final. I'm in a small town. I'm walking in the streets of San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, just looking around for a place. And we walk by and I hear the game and this tiny little bar, which it turns out is owned, I think, by an American, you know, there's got like signs and American stuff and it's clearly English speaking. So I walk in and there's like three people in there, but they've got the game on like two TVs. And, you know, my my friends have a few beers 
and we sit there and I have my, my Mexican Coke as Ken would, would, would want to know. Um, and we watch <laughs> the women's world cup final, which, you know, and I'll, and I'll get your guys impression is Mark. I think Mark, I remember your comment, Mark, which I agreed with was, you know, you you were sort of a casual fan. You said it was Rose Lavelle making uh, that yeah. run. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. brilliant run. That, that became the highlight, uh, certainly of the final, was her goal. And I've watched it many, many times on replay and at different angles and all this. There's like videos out there where they like show all these different angles. And the joy when she hits that goal and then she just like pops up. And this girl's like 23 years old or something. She's like the young star of the team. She's from Cincinnati. If you don't know anything about Rose Lavelle, she's... She's a real cutie. She's like this real innocent type person, and but she's got all these skills, and and she scores that goal. And at that point, you kind of felt like that, yeah, they were they were gonna win. And you know, the, it's funny you say I don't remember who won. I don't remember. Like I always forget. I think they played Sweden in the final, but it, I mix up like Sweden and the Netherlands. So I, it's one of those. Can you do you guys? Ha- can you help me out? Uh, I think it. See, you guys don't know either. What do you mean final? Like in the in the final, they they didn't play. The USA played who? Uh, I remember Sweden beating Canada. I'm gonna have to go look this up. Well, World you already Cup. have a clearer recollection than I do. I forgot about the Rose Lavelle goal, but then you say it, and I'm like, yeah, I remember that. I don't know who they played. Netherlands. They played Netherlands. Yeah, it wasn't Sweden. Yes, Women's World Cup final, 2-0. There you go. That's my impressions of the Women's World Cup. It was awesome. Well, all I can tell you guys is I ordered a Megan Rapinoe jersey off. (laughs) And Mark will appreciate this off eBay the same way I got my Landon Donovan jersey. And I bought it from some guy in, like, Hong Kong. Perfect. So it was 25 bucks. You you you're violating trademark. For men's and women's, <laughs> but this 40. time it did have the Nike slash. It oh. was just that it's probably counterfeit. Oh, yeah, so, it actually did. It looked yeah. it looked like the real thing, but I don't know. Maybe maybe Hong Kong has cheap jerseys. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. Yeah, it's the world. It's the world market. You know, yeah. I'll just take whatever's cheap. So I have a nice jersey. It's in Seattle, actually. <laughs> you were there. Why is it still there? I don't know because I, I felt like I, I had too much other crap and I didn't want to bring it. I'd probably ruin it. So I've also got a Chelsea jersey in Seattle, Mark. So if you ever need a spare, <laughs> I'm sure it's also legal, you know, completely sure. authentic. Just, yeah. Just, but anyway, Mark, I tried to get you I tried to get you to get your daughter into the Women's World Cup. I don't know if that was successful. I, I think she watched it as much as I don't remember specifically. But I think she watched it as much as other soccer events. Um, okay. In that, when she was around, I would put it on, even in recorded form, and she watched it. Yeah. You know, it, it hasn't transformed her into a soccer, a soccer <laughs> nut who's driven the ball around and hitting off a wall, but she saw it. She saw that it I think, exists. I think it's not fair because you, you expose them to Chelsea probably way more. So there's there's really there's just a, a certain amount of uh, repeat 
you know, viewings that eventually like, they're going to have no, no choice, but they're going to, they're always going to think of Chelsea That's first. True. I mean, it, compared to another household where suddenly soccer's on and it's because America's good at a sport and that would be in terms of soccer, that would be women. Um, mm. Then you would go, well, look at that. But yeah, my family is exposed to the English Premier League on a, on a bi-weekly basis. Right. And of course, if they watch the Women's World Cup, they'll be like, well, these, these you know, the EPL is much higher level. So why would I watch this? <laughs> I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they're that astute. <laughs> Not yet, that discerning. Quality. No. Everybody's like, hey, it's, yeah. And they'll, they'll watch it as much as the English Premier League, which is approximately four to five minutes before they move along. I, <laughs> I, I had them much more entertained when they were like three or four. And then I just told them the names of people and they would be, their minds would be blown because it doesn't sound like a human being's name in an American Right, Aspen Laqueta. Yes, Aspen Laqueta, Branislav Ivanovich. Uh, yeah, it's what? magical. What? Uh, that's, that's a human? <laughs> that, that's that interesting. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't even remember the name of the Chelsea goalie before Keppa. That's, that's how bad my uh, recall of names is. Petr Cech. No, no, the guy that plays for uh, Real Madrid oh, now. Uh, yeah, Thibaut Courtois. 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 I knew. I knew he was Belgian. I knew that. Yes. We had, yeah. We. Uh, Chelsea has we. Uh, some Belgian, Belgian influence. We still have Michi Beshwai. Okay. Well, Ken, do you have anything to add? Not to the Women's World Cup. I mean, my <laughs> memories are not. Yeah, I'm not solid on that. In fact, I think I sent you a picture of the largest TV I've ever seen in a Denver airport watching a match from of uh, I think maybe Canada, and I it was so. span the bar. It was it was unbelievably big. So maybe you had to turn your head to watch yeah. the whole thing. You remember that, Mark? I do remember that. I that sounds vaguely familiar. My. Lasting memory, which is more uh, sociological than sporting, was I was I think I was wa I was definitely watching Sweden, and that's why when you say did America did U.S. play not America that's offensive to Central and South America. <laughs> Watch it, um, buddy. Yeah. When the United States played, um, you we were talking, and then like did they play Sweden? And I said Sweden played Canada at some point. Why do I remember that? Because I remember going for lunchtime to a Portland area sports bar and uh, a gentleman next to me said, I like, I, I like Sweden a lot more than Canada. And I go, oh, um, yeah, I think Sweden probably is higher quality um, <laughs> than Canada. And he goes, no, Sweden, I like Sweden. They're, they're hotter than Canada. They're hot. Like, I remember oh, that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, women's sports sometimes – that's the thing. I found your 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 text, Mark, July seventh. Rose Lavelle saved the final for me. Beautiful goal from open play. And then you then you went into a complaint about VAR. How, how, how predictable is that? Well, maybe we should move on to the Sounders because I know we want to get to Chelsea eventually. <laughs> eventually. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea's yeah, third eventually. bill. Chelsea's third bill. English Premier well, League, I'm third bill. Well, to go chronologically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, that's the way life works. You go in order of, like, things happen, and then you, you 
Anyway, the no, point is no in the computer age. No. It's now is now Trump's. Yeah, plan. but I mean, the thing about the the Chelsea discussion is it's nice because we they end with like the future, like where are we right now, sure. and then the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. This. I mean, we started so, with Women's World Cup, so we're already dealing in summer 2019. Yeah. So time to yeah, dive totally into do. MLS late summer, early fall. <laughs> And Mark's like, I'm going to edit this down to about yeah, two minutes. Yeah, I'm going to cut all this shit. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm still going to get it out there so you can, and then, then I can complain later. Yeah, it's going to go, I'm going to call this shit. And then you're like, go Sounders, and that's it. Uh, yeah, go Sounders. And then you're <laughs> like, that's all we need to talk about. <laughs> so this is true. I have a, a, a friend, a former co-worker who has season tickets to the Sounders. I have gone to games with her, and when I went at Christmas time to a party that she was at, and her husband was there, and, and he goes to all the games, he congratulated me. And I, I said, why are you congratulating me? He goes, I'm congratulating you on our win. So, you know, personally, uh, you know, as the Sounders fans, we feel like we did it. We won. It's, you know, we were... They would have invited, they said they would have invited me, you know, had I been in Seattle. It was, it was actually one of, probably one of the bigger sports misses of my life because I would have gone to the MLS Cup final. What? They've won it yeah. three times, right? Uh, this is their second oh, MLS yeah. Cup win. And Ken and I watched the first one in a bar. And that was, you know, our favorite sports bar there in Greenwood, the Lodge. And, and Ken... You know, you you can give me your impression, but I mean, this was the fact that other game was in Toronto, and the Sounders didn't actually play very well in that game, and they they didn't get a single shot on goal, and they end up winning in PKs. Whereas, you know, this I, the the thing that I feel bad about is just that I don't know if the Sounders will host. They might make another MLS Cup, but you have to be higher seed to host it. And assuming they continue this where they, the, they have a home team. So the Sounders were able to, to host the MLS Cup in front of their fans. They got 70,000 people there. And they had this just this great emotional run. They played well, right? They scored some nice goals. Um, they won convincingly. And it was, you know, it was the kind of thing that was kind of historic. Ken, or what was your experience of the final? I watched in a casino here in Costa Rica with one other person. I watched it at the lodge. Okay. Well. Same place. It was right. a good, it was a good crowd. And, um, you know, it was very, uh, you know, it was a good buzz and, uh, people showing up early and, and all decked out. Um, I didn't look for tickets because I didn't know anybody who was going exactly. Mm -hmm. So I just went to the lodge and defaulted to that. And, uh, and, and you're right. It was sort of a, that one and the prior match with LAFC. LA. Well, that seemed yeah. like, boy, we just kind of got, just survived that one amazingly. Wasn't, wasn't the semifinal the better match? Yeah. Well, yeah. it depends how you evaluate it. The, the thing was that it was, more, it was more shocking. It was more of an upset. It yeah. was the Sounders on the road. And the, the big factor... You know, I have an interesting kind of history with the Sounders in the playoffs the last couple of years because you may remember that when the Sounders played Portland in the conference 
finals last year, so two years ago, essentially now, 2018, I was visiting Costa Rica and uh, and interviewing. So I happened to not be, I, I was in Costa Rica twice, you know, twice in a row where the Sounders played their final match. So they were playing uh, the semis against Portland. And the thing was, under those rules that year, it was a home and home. So the Sounders were you know they were i don't know they went into the second leg down one but they played this incredible match with portland at home and it went back and forth and it ends up going into overtime and like both teams score and it's it was a classic and it goes into a shootout and i was listening on the radio because i i didn't have a vpn i didn't have anything set up back then so i'm listening on the radio and ken if you'll recall keeps texting and spoiling the goals for me because I'm <laughs> I'm on delay listening to classic, this classic Ken. Classic. Yes, you remember I, this. And then at one point I'm saying, Ken, stop doing that. And yeah, you go, hey, you're not recording this, Dave. Come on. You're like you were just so dismissive. And then I had to repeat, no, I'm listening on the radio. And anyways, and then I fell asleep, which was really bad. I don't <laughs> yeah, know how I did that. That sounds right. So anyway, that, that doesn't make me feel bad now. <laughs> no, you feel bad because I fell Ken asleep. Ken was keeping you awake, and then he, he was silenced. He awake with anger. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so the funny thing is, I think if they had had the same rules this year, if they'd had the home and home, the Sounders might not have beat yeah. L.A. It was, a, it was definitely like they sort of had a, a, a great strategy. They went into this game in L.A. L.A. was pretty confident. Sounders had never beaten this was, uh, by the way, uh, LAFC, not LA Galaxy, the traditional LA rival. So LA Ga- Galaxy, LAFC is only like two years old. Sounders like had never beaten them. And and they go into to LA in the playoffs and they beat them and they shock them. And it was, it was really kind of, I was watching in a bar by myself. And it was like on a weeknight. And, uh, and it was just bizarre. Nobody expected Seattle to, yeah. to really win that game. And that, so yeah, you're right. In that sense, that was the real fun, exciting, amazing win. And then the final was more like Seattle was the favorite. You know, they played Vancouver, who, you know, they weren't the number one seed in the East. And everyone kind of felt like, well, Seattle should win this game. So in a way, I, I the people that I talked to, my friends, they were like, you know, we were sweating bullets. They were at the game and they were just like, you know, everybody, I think in Seattle was just like, we cannot blow this at home you know, and were favored. And so the pressure was so much on Seattle that if they hadn't won, it would have been this crushing thing. So, so there was a little bit less of a kind of joy that they had when they beat LA. So that was my experience. And, um, it's, it was a great, a great thing for Seattle. I think to show off to the, you know, the whole country that Seattle's a great soccer town and they, you know, they're just getting all kinds of, you know, great publicity as like, you know, Seattle's is a well-run franchise. They really, they really do it right. And uh, there's a lot of uh, talking, you know, about uh, the manager, who was a long time. That's true. Seattle guy forever, yep. and he just kind of worked his way up. He's been in the organization, and yep. and he he looks like, you know, a, an accountant or yeah. or or uh, undertaker yeah. or something. He, he does. Look <laughs> he looks like a middle school teacher or something. Middle school teacher. Middle manager. Yeah. Middle manager. Yeah. 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 Well, and people forget that he actually coached them to that first MLS Cup win, but he took over mid-season when they fired 
Siggy Schmidt. So he was like he was like the interim coach or something when they won. And so I've, nobody really gave him a lot of credit. You know, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. But this time, you know, he wins the second MLS Cup and, and they had that great strategy against the LAFC. And they interviewed him on ESPN after that game. I even recorded the interview. And, you know, he was just real funny and, and self-deprecating and talked about how he remembered how it felt to lose to this in the semis to Portland the previous year. So he was feeling better than Bob. I don't know if you guys, you saw the signs, but it was like, Brian's feeling better than Bob Bradley, the coach of LAFC. And so that was made into a, like a meme. So yeah, that was, that was a, a nice, a nice side story. Um, and, and just so we can keep this rolling, I'll, I'll add what, what I'd already told you guys which is, it took me, you know, a month or so to fully realize this, but, uh, you know, the Sounders, I think by making the final, they qualified for what's called the CONCACAF Champions League, you know, kind of the little brother of the, the European famous Champions League. It takes the best teams from these CONCACAF countries, which, of course, includes Costa Rica. Okay, wait a minute. So I looked it up. I started tracking it, saying, okay, is it possible that the Sounders are going to play uh, in Costa Rica. I have some breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> Is this curling related? Is it curling Con- related? Con- <laughs> oh. <laughs> CONCACAF Champions League 2020. Socha Bank. Seattle Sounders play CD Olympia yeah. from Honduras yeah. February 27th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, that I'll, I'll break some other news for you. They actually play them before that. They play, they play twice, right? First leg, second leg, and the first. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, Ken. You can't break any news here. I've already got it all wired <laughs> out. But looking at the I, official website. Uh, yeah, and I've looked at that website, and it's a little harder to follow. I'm looking at Wikipedia. It says the first leg is is February 18th to 20th, and they probably play in Honduras. You're correct. They play on the 20th. They should They should win. I don't think that that league is very good. Um, then on the other side of the Sounders draw there in their little pod is Saprisa, which is the most popular team in Costa Rica and traditionally, you know, one of the best. So they're, they've got a huge fan base. They are playing Montreal. The winner of Saprisa Montreal plays the winner of Seattle Olympia. And you guys are officially invited. The quarterfinals are March 10 to 12 and 17 to 19. And I don't know, you know, which leg is where. Anyways, I mean, I've already talked to my friend, the season ticket holder, and she has teenage boys and disposable income. And I said, would you come down for a Sounders match in Costa Rica? And she said that might happen. But regardless, you guys, I'm, I mean, I... You know, you know me. I would put on the Sounders watch, you know, not watch party because we're going to go to the game, but I would put on like the night before parts sure. at some hotel and put out on the Sounders Facebook page. No, I, I'm, I'm 45% in for that. <laughs> You're not even a Sounders fan, Mark, and you have three little children, but yeah. okay. But I'll no, take it. I, I, it would yeah. be March. March 10th through the 12th would be the well, time frame. Well, we don't know who's who's home first, right? Yes. 10-12 is the first leg, and then the week after that is the second leg, yeah. 
Uh, and maybe maybe you can tell from the CONCACAF site, but it doesn't seem that I can really see it. May, maybe there's something in here about it. It says, order of legs to be decided with the team in each tie that have the better performance in previous rounds hosting the second leg. So we won't know until uh, whatever that means. Yeah. Previous, Crystal better performance. Yeah. No, so, it'd be a last second decision. I, yeah. I do have a passport. It's possible. Yeah. And you know, I could maybe arrange that you could stay with me here in my my new my new living place. Yes, it's possible. I just need a floor. So yeah, perfect. I'll just sneak you in and we'll put you on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I'll and, wear my I'll wear my Eden Hazard jersey. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's a soccer <laughs> country, man. You'll 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 fit right in, no yeah. matter what. I'll get friends to go to the game here, coworkers and things. I have a guy who's basically a Sounders fan. Who I I work with. Okay, well, you know, when I am also trying to plan my life, one of the things I've been trying to plan is a trip to Europe. I don't know if I mentioned that to you guys. Nothing. Germany? Yeah, uh, but also Spain and Italy. Oh, whoa. Yeah, because I've got uh, friends and relatives in all three places. And I, I was thinking, well, when should I go? And then when I looked at this whole situation with the Sounders, I said, well... I'm not. I'm not going to go to Europe in in March because if I buy those plane tickets and then the Sounders are playing here, I'm going to be pissed. So I'm like, I'm just. I, I'm basically like, I'm. I'm going to stay in Costa Rica through March, but I will be going to Europe. I think in April or May is the current plan. That's a big trip. Yeah, and maybe I'll try to see uh, some uh, soccer in Madrid, you know, like Atletico. That that would be a cool soccer experience yeah, that yeah. my friend Mike would would he's gone. He's an Atletico fan, so so that that might be the the soccer angle for that trip. And of course, Ken, you're invited to come join me if you if you feel the need. All right, I will uh, take that one under advisement as well. Yes, yes, you should. That's 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 all the Sounders news I have, and I think they like signed somebody recently. But you know, to be honest, I haven't really been following MLS off season. Plus, of course, it's all about the EPL and, and <laughs> Champions League. MLS so. off season. So yeah, amazing. I know. Uh, hot stove. <laughs> hot stove. Hot stove MLS. Yeah, you know, it's all over yes. sports radio around here, Dave, of course, all the MLS. <laughs> what yeah, what rejected European 18-year-old could end up in the MLS? Sorry. Okay, okay. Enough of, enough of giving crap to the MLS. Okay, on to the, on to the <laughs> EPL. Sure, sure. Do you want me to, to start with a, with a provocative comment? <laughs> yes. You know, the, the Chelsea, to me, is a mystery. I, I think Mark, I, I, could just, I could just read Mark's uh, comment. <laughs> you, you kind of summed it up well. How is Chelsea still in fourth place? You lose, to, you lose to Burnmouth and Southampton at home, but beat Spurs and Arsenal away? Then yeah. why, why the poor form at home? Why the in, my question is, why the inconsistency... And is it purely a reflection of their youth or is maybe something not clicking, I guess? Or is the, does the goalie just suck? <laughs> Kata, my, how could he suck? It was like $75 million. He, I've read that he's... He economically cannot suck. 
He's disappointing, is what I've read. Uh, I don't think I don't blame Keppa. I don't blame. Keppa. Okay. Okay. Who do you blame then, uh, Lampard? I do blame the youth. I blame the youth. Okay. I, in the moment, I watch the matches, and I go, and I'm horribly disappointed. They have games that are in control, matches that are in control, and they and they give up late goals. They have matches that, that they have tons of possession, and they never, in the decisive moment, they, they fail. And then I reflect after the fact and go, they're not supposed to be this good. The fact that they're fourth is is unexpected. But mm. then the fact that they're fourth breeds expectation of, well, they're Chelsea and they're fourth. They should be third, second, first. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's their youth. They still are very young. And it's, it's frustrating. Because classic example, and this is exactly what I thought, and then I rewatched uh, Chelsea Arsenal at Chelsea, which is Chelsea v Arsenal in the European sense. Home team mentioned first. I rewatched it just today, uh, the final like ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, they they should have won it, and it was totally youthful exuberance. And I remember watching it uh, at lunch at a bar in downtown Portland. It's one one. Chelsea scored their initial goal in the 25th, 26th minute off of a penalty. Uh, Mustafi, classic center back for Arsenal that doesn't know what he's doing, that does an unconvincing pass back to the to the keeper that doesn't make it. And then right. David Luiz has to fell uh, Tammy Abraham, the center forward for, for Chelsea. I think Luiz shouldn't have pulled him back, just concede the goal and be on with it. Instead, he... He knocks him down from behind, didn't play the ball, red card, penalty, convert, 1-0, one, one Chelsea. And it stays right. that way for a long time um, until I don't know what point in the second half, but um, Arsenal score a freak goal where N'Golo Conte, right at midfield, was going to just tap the ball forward or yeah, kick it all the way, who knows where, and he slips. Yeah. He and, slipped. Yeah. yeah, and the commentary goes just like Steven Gerrard, where Liverpool couldn't won the league uh, years back, but he slipped, and uh, Demba Ba scores against Demba. Liverpool. Oh. Um, yeah. But anyway, so that gave the Arsenal the equalizing goal, but still, Chelsea is yeah. got a man advantage. You think man advantage, do it. right. Yeah. Yeah. It still took him a long time, and it was frustrating to watch him for like 20, 25 minutes, couldn't break Arsenal down. And you could say Arsenal had some good defensive discipline. Um, they didn't seem like they were disciplined in the beginning, um, but they kept Chelsea out. And then Cesar Aspilicueta taps in a goal um, like in the 84th minute. And surely, with a man advantage, goal advantage, it's over. Yeah, and they concede. Yeah. It was I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, yeah, and so, and you watch the goal that they concede on. Um, but the interesting thing was, I couldn't remember the exact chain of events, but I rewatched it just hours ago. Um, so their center forward, he was at least in a collision that justified an injury. 
he slams into the advertising boards surrounding the uh, the pitch, the field, um, right before Aspilicueta scores the goal. So he goes, stops the ball right at the line. Arsenal guy bundles into the ball and kicks it out. And that was the corner that resulted in uh-huh. Aspilicueta scoring. But the center forward that got to the ball, stopped it on the line that allowed the Arsenal guy to kick it out or just run into it. He slams into the boards really hard, and he had an ankle injury right from then. But seconds later, Chelsea scores, all's great, everyone's celebrating, and then they restart the game, but the but um, the Chelsea guy is still struggling. And he falls on the ground just to go, I'm really hurt. And mm-hmm. the normal response from your teammates is you just kick the ball out of bounds as quickly as possible. And they don't. Right. There's like one to two minutes where Arsenal is pressing, even with a man down, but the Chelsea guy is on the ground and then hobbling around. And every time the Chelsea guy Chelsea gets possession, they think, oh, I, I, could, I could do this. Michi Bashwai, um, other guys, they're all, Ross Barkley, they're all thinking like, well, why would I kick it out? I have the ball. And <laughs> uh, it was so frustrating. The whole time I'm watching, I'm like, just kick it out. Because the minute you kick it out, Tammy Abraham, the center forward, is going to just go on the ground and there's going to get a whole cavalcade of people and time wasting and all that. But it was legitimate. The guy rammed into the advertising board. And I'm thinking, just kick it out, kick it out. But then you get the ball, and they're all thinking, like, wait a second, we got a man advantage. We could keep possession. We're going to score, go 3 1. And, it's, yeah. and we're going to seal the victory. And in that, that's when Arsenal scores. And if you watch it, it's like the, the guy who has an ankle injury is like, my guys aren't kicking out of bounds. I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep trying to help. And the actual goal is by Bellerin, Hector Bellerin from Spain. Um, he gets the ball. He's defended by a Chelsea left back, right back, uh, Emerson. He's defending one side of him. So when he pushes to one foot, he's there. And then here comes Tammy Abraham to help. He's on the other side. So then Bellerin switches his other foot and Emerson doesn't pursue it because his Chelsea teammate is right there. The guy who's right there is the guy with the ankle injury. Bellerin pushes it to the side. Tammy Abraham can't shift because his ankle is sprained. And boom, goal. And this is exactly what pointed out by Lampard. I read his post-match comments and he's like, we, were, we should have kicked it out. And it would have been fine. And at least in the mm-hmm. moment, it would have been fine. And that was the, like he said, game management. Chelsea lacks game management. And there's a well, couple of centre-backs. Because they're young, right? They're yeah. young. They're not used to playing together or at this level or whatever. Yeah, you Mason know, everybody's Mount, trying to do something. Yeah, Mason Mount, uh, I guess Mishi Bashwai, he's not so young, but he also is a second choice in, in the forwards. There's a number of guys. But they got Aspilicueta and they got Rudiger, and they they often look frustrated with some of the choices by their teammates. And I feel like if one of those two got the ball, 
they would have just just blasted it into the into the into the upper reaches of the stadium, and they right. probably would have won. And it blows my mind that they're still fourth. Yeah, Liverpool, they are heads above everybody else. City, Man City is um, way below Liverpool, but still kind of relevant, um, even though they can't can't catch Liverpool. But no one else is relevant. United, well, Man United except, struggle. Yeah. Tottenham struggle. Arsenal struggle. Chelsea is fourth just because everybody else struggles and they're okay. And then Leicester City is in third just because everybody else is doing horrible. So, yeah, it's an, oh, the top four is very open other than, other than Liverpool City. Well, okay. Liverpool, I'm looking at the table right now. Liverpool are, have already almost won the whole thing. I mean, they're yeah. they, they 21, won. 1, and 0. They yeah. have not in lost. In my mind, That's they've crazy. won it. They can't be. They can't be caught. They're, they're thirteen points ahead of Manchester, and Leicester City is doing really well. Again, if they had playoffs, there would still be hope. Shut up! Shut up! Dave. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. <laughs> I can't. I can't disagree with that. I. I do. I do have one more bit of news, Mark. Okay. I just checked the table Check for League Two. Oh, Swindon Town. Swindon Town are on top of the league, on I've top been, of the table. I've been tied with Exeter for yes. uh, first place. Yes, I've been looking at that since you mentioned it like a month ago, and I I wear my Swindon Town uh, hoodie around promotion promotion yeah. right Swindon Town. We they were struggling. Well, I mean, they weren't struggling. They weren't in relegation when we went uh, last season, but they've really risen to the top. It's amazing. Yeah. they're going to go League One. Come going to go League One. Yeah, I League know. One. We're going to have to go That's check amazing. them out. They barely missed out last year. I believe they did. So pretty gonna, pretty yeah. uh, stoked about that. Yeah. Stoked for Swindon. Stoked. Not for Stoke <laughs> City. Stoke City are thugs. I used to like them. No good. Maybe maybe that's where we should end this. This it, it, very long. <laughs> Mark is going to have quite the editing job. Oh, maybe. But Ken wanted to talk about Jeopardy to end. Producer Ken. Producer Ken. Wow. So uh, we could recap uh, the greatest of all time for Jeopardy. I, all I want to do, and I, I'm, and I floated this to uh, Roberto, your old colleague, <laughs> and I floated this theory. This is a theory that I, and I, and I don't know, Mark, if you, you probably didn't watch. Greatest of all time, Jeopardy. I, I did not watch, but inform. James, James Holzhauer, Ken Jennings, and Brad Rutter. Ken Jennings having the most consecutive victories ever from Seattle. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, James Holzhauer recently just went on a tear and won like the, the biggest prizes. And he changed the way. He's a Las Vegas veteran. He changed the way, the little game strategy into Jeopardy. And then Brad Rutter, who is the most game show winnings of anybody ever, like four, some, four point something million dollars. And they pitted them all, the three against each other in an interesting tournament uh, background. But I was watching Ken Jennings, who I was rooting for, and I was like, this guy sounds familiar. This guy really <laughs> sounds familiar. And I thought, son of a bitch, he sounds just like Dave. <laughs> oh, and he kind of, he kind of, I'm. I'm just gonna say, you're not. You're not. You're not like identical twins or anything. I'm gonna go look it up. Don't, 
You don't look a whole lot different. And he's from Seattle, and he's just about exactly your age, too. Yeah, I was going to so say. There's a lot, an awful lot there going on with Ken Jennings, Circa Dave Earning. So I would encourage you to uh, look, just look at okay. him. And I did tell you that when I worked at Encarta and Ken Jennings, you know, who goes way, way back, obviously, to like 2004 or something was when he did his big run in Jeopardy. And so Encarta saw a good opportunity to like, I don't know, leverage his fame. And they hired him to do a limited, you know, number of events where he would show up. And I think actually one of them might have been in New York or something ridiculous. But but I remember at the time thinking, oh, that was kind of cool. I, I've never really been a Jeopardy fan, although the tournament you just described rose to the level of getting coverage in the Washington Post, which I now read. So I started reading all these articles about it, and, and it was and, and it was fascinating. It is a fascinating. And then the fact that Ken Jennings pretty much convincingly won, um, and he was like the oldest of the four guys. It was kind of cool. You know, he, he'd been around the longest okay that's all i have about that i could go on and on but uh, i know that uh, we have extended our time and yeah that's probably yeah. enough yeah i just hope a year from now we're not saying hey mark whatever happened to that episode we recorded on january 22nd yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it it's all about content so good content cannot be silenced so okay. let's do this awesome Awesome, awesome, possum. We did it. We did it. it. 